I'm Charlene Yennerfeld, and you're listening to About That Outdoor Job. The sexy side of expedition, if you like, is the trauma, you know, is people falling off cliffs and dislocating joints and breaking bones, and that's what attracts the attention. This is Dr. Lucia Bolensky, expedition medic, clinical doctor, and associate professor and program lead for the Masters in Global Health at the University of Plymouth. She recently relocated with her family to the French Alps and has founded Endeavour Medical. Lucy has extensive experience in expedition medicine with over 22 expeditions in diverse environments from desert, altitude, jungle and polar settings. She's worked as the expedition medic for high profilers such as Sir David Attenborough during the production of BBC's Planet Earth and Netflix's One Planet. She's also worked for veterans and their family members summoning Kilimanjaro with help for heroes and is the senior medical advisor for the British Exploring Society. Honestly, up until now, I'd more or less lumped wilderness medicine, remote medicine and expedition medicine together. But as I prep for my talk with Lucy, I realized that there are overlaps, but there's some important distinctions. So when I sat down with Lucy, I started by asking her to explain what expedition medicine is to her. I think expedition medicine probably has three areas to it. I guess the most obvious one is you are the medic and you're out there on expedition. And I would have said that we're seeing a big change in expedition medicine with um, places becoming more accessible and both old and young travellers going away to these uh, remote locations that people would like to have a medic or a healthcare professional with them. So that's where you actually travel with the team, with the group, on expedition to the location. And the other areas of expedition medicine are where you might be providing telemedicine cover for a group, so top cover to a group that's on expedition. And then the final area that I'm really passionate about is training people in expedition medicine. Um, so medicine doesn't have to be all that complicated. And I think it's quite um, easy to, with good training to train um, in specific areas, depending on the area that they're going to, jungle, altitude, desert, polar, to train people specifically in the illnesses that you might see in those locations. So that kind of encompasses all of expedition medicine. So how does a girl from Reading, UK, that studied medicine in the city of Bristol, find herself doing expedition medicine? I was lucky enough to meet a sort of mentor in life, um, a colleague who's I'm lucky enough to call a colleague now, Dr. John Dallimore. And he taught me at Bristol University. And I saw him balancing his work as a GP and emergency medicine doctor with going overseas and doing this expedition medicine. So I saw that and thought, actually that's really something I want to do. And at the time when I was training, pre-hospital care wasn't the field that it is now. They didn't have doctors in, in, in cars or in air ambulances. So it wasn't really an option to train in pre-hospital care, but I'd managed to um, sort of pave my career path to be able to do as much useful and relevant skills for expedition medicine as I could. And the first thing that comes to mind is being relevant skills beyond actually being a trained doctor is a strong set of outdoor skills. Not always, says Lucy. I think you do have to have a love of the outdoors and the wilderness to have a passion for expedition medicine. But what I strongly believe is that you equally, you don't have to be that Taipei mountaineer that we kind of all envisage. You don't have to be that 
woman holding two ice axes trying to summit some really amazing peak. Obviously, there are some incredible women who do that. I think it's much more about... Um, yeah, just having that passion of the outdoors, being open to learning and just being a part of wanting to be being interested in people and places and being part of a team. I mean, I think there are some expeditions where, I don't know, perhaps you're sailing the South Pacific or people want to do a really tricky peak. And in that case, yes, you do need those specific skill sets. But just to be to be an expedition medic, no, I think actually your people skills is probably more important than your outdoor skills. We're a lot about preventative medicine. So a lot of it is about being that people person and training people before you go and how to prevent those illnesses. And when I say illnesses, I do mean throughout all of this, when I talk about that, I'm encompassing physical and mental just as all of one. And I think often the mental health side of things can get overlooked, but preparing people for their mental health struggles is really important as well. I think, like I said, you know, a lot of expedition medics go into expedition medicine thinking that they're going to be treating the big traumas, people falling off cliffs. Mostly on expedition, you will be dealing with blisters, diarrhea and mental health. (laughs) And... And so the blisters and diarrhea, yes, they're important and they're uncomfortable, but, you know, we should all be learning how to treat those. Um, the mental health side, as a lot of people have built up their, their trip or their expedition is a huge part of them. And it's something they, that they, they've really taken a long time. They value it. They've, they've got this, put this big pressure on themselves. It's a huge expectation on them, their friends, their family, everyone they've told. And some of them are doing it also maybe as an escapism. So when they're there, if this expedition doesn't quite go as they had envisaged it, that can be a huge fall for those individuals. And they look to you to kind of be there. And and often you're really counselling people through that, their own personal journeys. Nowadays, most GPs are expected to speak with patients about their mental health. And they have a network of mental health professionals nearby to help them and to refer patients to. As an expedition medic, you're remote. That network just isn't there for you. I asked Lucy how she anticipates these scenarios for an expedition. I think that's really important. And that's where the preventative side comes in. Um, I've just done, um, I've been lucky enough to work with a colleague of mine, um, Dr. Sophie Redlin. She, um, she, She does some amazing work, particularly around mental health in remote environments and she's really helped me with talking about emotional kit lists and the preparation side of um, what are your emotional needs when you're on expedition and how do you prepare for that and being that understanding people I think is just really important exactly as you said understanding people and being inquisitive of people. Ask Lucy what gets her most excited about her job as an expedition medic. And no surprise, the challenging circumstances feed her passion. Often in medicine, your patient will come through the emergency doors, but they're, they're, you've got your clinical team around you. They're ready packaged. You've got all the equipment. It's not going to be freezing cold, blowing 60 mile an hour winds. Um, you know, you're really you're doing medicine in really challenging environments, which is exciting. Challenging can be exciting, but Lucy is also honest with us in sharing the difficulties that come with the job. I think the one challenge that we talk about a lot and with the doctors, I work a lot with the British Antarctic Survey and the doctors who go down to the Antarctic bases for 18 months at a time. And we do a lot of work on what's called being the lone practitioner. 
you really want to be sort of part of that whole expedition team. But actually, you you can't be. You have to be in some ways just slightly separate so that so that people know that they can come and talk to you and that you are their advocate and that you will keep things confidential. But often people, you know, you can't talk about your work really to other people like in other expeditions or in production and things, you know, people would be talking about what they do. You can't talk about what you do. So people sort of think, well, are you doing any work? <laughs> uh, but you can't talk about it. So that, that whole sort of concept of being the lone practitioner um, can be quite a challenge. Um, the other thing is, I'd say, is that often as the medic, you it's an all or nothing. Suddenly, you know, you're, everything's going fine. And then suddenly the whole camp has diarrhea and vomiting and you have to manage that and manage and make quick decisions really quickly. So you're kind of that essence of going from zero to hero um, and suddenly knowing when you need to step into that real leadership role. Um, and often that you know that that can be difficult managing the lack of sleep and um, but always being the positive one to encourage people so I think just managing your environment and the team um, and your own expectations of yourself on expedition it can be quite difficult as an expedition medic because yes you have to be part of the team but you also have to be slightly removed because you want to be everyone's friend and advocate but anything anyone says to you, they have to know that that's confidential and that you will keep that confidential. Um, and so re retaining those slight professional boundaries, as well as being a real team player, I think is a really fine line and is different on any expedition that you go on. And I find that probably more so when I'm working with, say, production teams than with client-based or, um, or young people's expeditions, because... In that risk, if you're, if you're just working with um, a group of clients, I don't know, say wanting to summit a peak or, or get from A to B, often you'll call, you'll say, look, I, I don't think this person can get here today. What can we do? And the team tend to listen and you make an alternative plan. But when you're with a production team, um, I can think of a couple of examples, but particularly, say, when I was in Antarctica, one of our divers had a chest infection and I was saying that he probably shouldn't dive. But that had a huge impact on, you know, you're only in Antarctica for a specific amount of time for the filming and he wanted to dive. So he was and then the other divers didn't want to come and tell me if they felt <laughs> ill or if it, had, you know, if there was a problem. So I think it can be really hard as the medic when you're when you're trying to make decisions for what's in the best interest of what would be your patient but versus how that impacts on their on their expedition goals this isn't to say that because you know you'll face these challenges you'll always get it right lucy was candid about her time she didn't she was the expedition medic on the help for heroes kilimanjaro summiting project and she was struggling with being too emotionally involved in her own words lucy tells us of her experience and what she learned from it I do like telling this story. It doesn't reflect actually particularly well on me. So maybe don't judge me too much on this. But I was doing a um, seeing an expedition. Actually, it was another one up Kilimanjaro with um, help for heroes. And they were taking um, a lot of wounded soldiers and some friends or wives or colleagues of wounded soldiers. And one of the girls on the trip was, um, I didn't get to know her particularly well. I'm just going to name her Michelle for now, just to keep her anonymous, but we'll name her Michelle. And 
every day on the trip, she came out plastered in makeup. And um, she was very much from Essex and had a very strong Essex accent, for those of you who know that. And um, she was she was always quite smiley and giggly, but she was she didn't really necessarily have the fitness levels. And often she'd be late to the start because she was putting on all this makeup. So in terms of judging a book by its cover, I had a bit of a heart sink with Michelle thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be really difficult. Um, to get Michelle anywhere near the top. And I kind of had thought in the back of my mind, what on earth is Michelle doing here <laughs> when she looks like she belongs in Chelsea or somewhere? Anyway, uh, as the medic, you're often walking at the back and um, I, because you're scooping up anyone who's struggling. So I was, I was walking at the back um, with Michelle and she was obviously really struggling. This was, a, this was you know, it was a hard trip, a lot of hiking. So, I, you know, I'm inquisitive of people. And so I started talking to her and I said, you know, and what what prompted you to to want to do this? And she said, oh, well, we'll call him Jamie. But she said, Jamie, my, my husband would have really wanted me to do this. And I said, oh, OK. And she said, yeah, I don't think he could have ever believed that I would have done something like this. And there she was, you know, in, in all this makeup and designer gear and and um, yeah, and at the back puffing away in her thick Essex accent. And I said, OK, well, t so, so t tell me more. You say he would have not believed you. What what happened? And she said, well, um, I really have to do this for for Jamie. I said, OK, why? What do you mind telling me a bit more about Jamie? And she said, yeah, well, Jamie was in the army and we we got married Um eight weeks before he was posted to Afghanistan. And then I got a letter six weeks into his trip saying that he'd been killed um, out in Afghanistan. Sorry, I've become a bit choked actually every time I tell this story, but it just, I think it's just a really good example um, of why you should really encourage these people to get into the outdoors and, and onto expeditions. So I was just heartbroken for her you know there's this young girl whose new husband has been killed in Afghanistan so I just said you know I am so sorry to hear that and you know we talked a bit about Jamie and she said yeah but it it just made me realize I really wanted to make something of my life and I'd seen um, other girls who'd got a widow's pension because they put you in touch with other widows and they'd kind of frittered this money away or this this money that you got and she said I wanted to make something of myself so I've paid all my money up front into doing a midwifery nursing course and she said it for me that's really hard she said she hadn't initially got the grades to do it but she'd studied and she was doing this midwifery course so she'd already finished um, her first term and she was doing really well and really enjoying that so already there I was judging Michelle on face value and already you know she, I mean her my estimations of her had just gone through the roof and so she said I know that Jamie would have wanted me to do this but I don't think he ever would have thought it'd be something I could do so it is so important for me to reach the top and I was like yeah I do I do understand that I said but you know there's don't honestly I'm, Jamie would have been so proud of you even to have got here don't you know don't put too much pressure on yourself and she said no 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 I have to get to the top and I was like okay I was like well Michelle you don't you don't have to she said no I do his ashes are in my bag and I'm spreading his ashes at the top so my heart at this point, oh my God, I'm in pieces. Anyway, we get to summit day. So the summit morning is the next morning. And there's Michelle. And the first day, she is the first out. She is there. Um, no, not a, no lipstick in sight. And she's there. But poor Michelle, she is really struggling. 
with altitude illness. I mean, really struggling. So uh, here I am as the expedition medic. And if it had been anyone else on that trip, I'd have made the decision to send them down because... I mean, I was worried that she was going to develop from just AMS symptoms. She could have got haste, she could have got hape, anything. She was she was really struggling, being sick everywhere. Essentially, I should have sent her down. So here's the bit of just don't judge me as the medic. But having had that conversation, I was carrying her bag. I was giving her IM injections to stop her sickness. All these things that if I'd had, if I'd phoned up a colleague who was at home and said, what should I do with this patient? They're like, are, are you... Are you okay? It's obvious. You send them down. But I didn't. And we got her to the top. And she spread Jamie's ashes at the top of Kilimanjaro. And then as soon as she'd done that, and she had her moment up there. And it was a really special moment for her. And yeah, and then I got her down as quickly as I possibly could. But she made it. And I think that showed me a lot of things. I think it showed me never ever judge someone you just don't know their story um and also I was treading a really fine line there I think you know if Mich- if something had happened to her um as the expedition medic I made a judgment call because I got too involved in her and um probably that wasn't the right well it definitely wasn't the right um thing to do medically but anyway, we everyone came out alive and unscathed and she knows that she spread Jamie's ashes at the top. So there we go. Definitely, um, I'd lost my, my distance as such um, on that one. But yeah, it was a really good, it was a really good learning point. And I think it stood me, that learning curve actually stood me a lot of stead when I then went on and did a lot more with production companies and particularly with more sort of high profile individuals um, where there is a lot of pressure on you to be able to let them do what they need to do and to be able to say, well, actually, no, this isn't okay." Um, So, yeah, I think I definitely learned from that. Today, the outdoor sector is still male-dominated realm. I wanted to know if Lucy had faced hurdles as an expedition medic because of her gender. She raised an interesting point in the role women have to play in not setting their own barriers. In doing the job that I'm doing, no, actually. I think once you're there in the job, people are very accepting of female expedition medics. And I'd actually really encourage women to do it because often... Having a woman slightly takes the edge off that preconceived idea that you've got to be this big burly mountaineer and hardcore. And so some I think some people really like having a female expedition medic because they feel it slightly softens the group. But along that same line as those preconceived deep-seated cultural things, I would have actually said it's our own cultural ideas that prevent women doing this. Lucy's career in expedition medicine does mean she needs to leave home for sometimes what can be weeks on end to be in a remote location. That can be complicated for anyone, let alone for a mom of two young children. Yeah, it's, um, that can be. That's a, really, that's a really good thing to bring up. And I think what is really important to say to women here is that everyone's journey is different and everyone's home circumstances work circumstances are totally different so what I've managed to do 
it's going to be totally different to what other women, some are doing way more than I'm achieving and some are like, I just can't get away for their own reasons. So it's not to compare yourself, but just to be able to grasp those opportunities when you can. So for instance, I adapted what I did when my kids were little. I did a lot more of my humanitarian work because taking kids to sub-Saharan Africa is much, much easier than taking them to Antarctica or the Himalayas or elsewhere. Actually, my father-in-law, I have to really thank. Um, I got offered um, a job, one of the jobs that was on Blue Planet in Antarctica for a long time. And my kids were three and 18 months. And he said to me, you know what, Lucy? He said, honestly, it's going to be a lot easier to leave them now than it is when they're older but when you're in that moment and you've got an 18 month old you're like really I can't I can't leave you don't believe them but he was like trust me go now because you won't be able to do it later so they helped my my parents and my parents-in-law helped we got a nanny and off and my husband was amazing and really supportive but we got a nanny in for six weeks and off I went on this amazing trip but actually now my kids are six and eight I'd really struggle to leave them for that length of time so he was right and I just have to thank people for giving me that advice and those opportunities. You know, I've, I've been lucky enough to do bits with my kids and while they're growing up. But actually, if I got if I got offered a two month expedition now, wherever it may be, I'm not sure that I would take it because I'm, I'm just not that right time in life. I'd offer it up to someone else. But I know having seen these other women, I'm really inspired by them. And I know that my time will come again. It's just not not right now. Part of the mission of our first series, Women in Outdoor Jobs, is to share the stories and experiences of women like Lucy, who successfully made the outdoors their living so that women who want to achieve the same for themselves can benefit from their learnings and advice. This is what Lucy would say to you if you're considering expedition medicine. I think my one piece of advice would be leap and the net shall appear. <laughs> I, I think be brave, don't get sucked into what you're being, you know, to that sort of medical black hole of kind of having to train, having to do exams. Step off, put your head up, look around, be inquisitive, be curious and say yes to, any, you know, say yes to opportunities um, and yeah, and get involved and something will come up and you won't regret it. <laughs> Thanks to Dr. Lucio Belensky for letting me interview her between her numerous expedition trainings. You can find Lucy on Instagram at Endeavour Medical and EndeavourMedical.co.uk. Other resources mentioned are listed in our show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, tune in next Thursday for our talk with Katie Friend, international ski mountaineering speaker. Thank you for listening. You can find About That Outdoor Job on Instagram, our website, and a number of podcast listening platforms. You can support our new podcasts by subscribing and leaving us a review. A review makes our podcast more visible so others can discover it too. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Charlene Yannerfeld.